0: Um, introduce Megan. Um, Megan is going to talk to us. Megan Shaw, she's been working in environmental sustainability for the last eight years. She's been managing projects that develop a positive outcome to an organisation's environmental footprint. Currently, Megan is the Sustainability Project Officer for the Sydney Children's Hospitals Network. She's been leading the Network's Sustainable Hospitals project and she's launched their five year sustainability plan. She previously worked as a sustainability manager for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, where she rolled out internal energy efficiency and waste reduction campaigns and initiatives to increase employee engagement and involvement.
1: Thanks, Janet. Today I'll be covering a bit about our sustainability journey, the Sydney Children's Hospitals Network. um, We're quite, I guess, early um, in our journey towards sustainability, and I'll talk about why we're doing it, our motivation, an introduction to our brand new sustainability plan which we launched last month, um, and the kind of ways that we intend to measure our progress, and some of the highlights from the last 12 months and the challenges that we face that I'm, I'm sure are common amongst all of us and, and what our, who our drivers are to ensure the excess, success of our program. So a bit of background about the Sydney Children's Hospital Network. Um, we're the largest um, provider of paediatric services in Australia and that includes the Children's Hospital at Westmead and the Sydney Children's Hospital at Randwick and we employ over 6,000 staff, and two thirds are based at Westmead and about a third at Randwick. So, why are we doing this? Well, it supports our network's vision of helping ch- children live their healthiest of lives now and in the future. So this extends not just to the children that we see every day, but also to future generations. We must make every effort we can to leave behind a world where children everywhere can enjoy the benefits of health and well-being. And there is no doubt that climate change will have an adverse effect on children's health. And as Australia's largest single provider of paediatric health services, we must acknowledge our responsibility to minimise our environmental impact. This is an opportunity for us to lead the way in practising sustainable healthcare. But being environmentally responsible also makes financial sense, making more of the resources that we have. We can better respond to the major challenges that we're facing. Growing populations, increased demand for children's services and a more pressurised funding environment. It also helps us maintain our competitive edge. A more environmentally and socially conscious organisation is more desirable and delivers benefits such as enhanced job satisfaction. So how our sustainability journey began. For a while, departments, small groups and individuals have made progress in this space, but in a fairly ad hoc way. There's never been a whole of hospital drive towards sustainability until about 12 months ago. And it began um, with a group of young clinicians coming toward to, to approach our chief executive to express their desire for our network to be more sustainable and to lead the way. So from there, our chief executive uh, invited staff to attend a one-day forum to talk about how we can do better, what the issues are, and we had about 40 staff from both sites um, come to this forum uh, to discuss what the issues were uh, and, and to set an agenda which has helped base our five-year sustainability plan. So the sustainability plan, uh, we, it took a while to put together. Um, we wanted to, obviously, uh, engage as many of the key st- stakeholders as we could so that what we were putting in this plan was actually achievable and that we would have buy-in. And that is still a process that's, that's happening. Um, uh, but we referenced best practice out there. We looked at the Sustainable Development Unit in the UK, um, other Australian healthcare providers and their sustainability plans. We also referenced the uh, New South Wales Ministry of Health's health resource efficiency strategy that was released last year. And we also looked at other um, neighbouring institutions like the University of New South Wales Sustainability Plan. So, for us, this plan is a a living document. We have put targets and timeframes in there, but we do expect that they will shift um, and we'll be reviewing that plan every 12 months. So the six focus areas are to reduce waste-generated and maximise resource recovery and reuse opportunities, to minimise the environmental impact associated with staff, visitor and patient travel, to reduce energy and water consumption and continually improve energy and water efficiency of our operations, to adopt environmentally and socially responsible procurement practices, Create and foster a culture of environmental awareness and participation. And lastly, utilise and enhance open spaces at our hospitals for the benefit of the hospital community and the natural environment. It's not a big ask, is it? (laughs) So, measuring our progress, we've set targets against 2015-2016 baseline data, so that's looking at our waste our energy and our water, um, paper usage. Um, we're also collecting travel data as well. Um, this is something that we are still collating because a lot of the data is not reliable or not complete. So that's something that we will continually, I guess, finesse. Um, we've set performance indicators in our plan and our data is expressed per patient bed day and per square metre. So we can factor in changes in the level of the activity. also enables us to compare our performance against other hospitals who are measuring their performance in a, in a similar manner. But we will also need to take into account the addition of energy-intensive equipment and the relocation of activities and services during construction periods that impact our total energy load so while we might be reducing we might be adding new services and new equipment that then increases our load we'll also look to staff surveys to help us monitor staff choices in things such as commuting and our aware- and their awareness of sustainability issues and initiatives that are implemented within our network and of course External benchmarking is really important. Um, Looking at other hospitals and services that are leading the way. Um, We've become a member of the Global Green and Healthy Hospitals Network, which is also a great way for us to, to benchmark with their data centre. So some of the project highlights from the last 12 months Um, We undertook a bed donation project last year and uh, we had about 60 beds that were being replaced um, by newer models to address work health and safety issues. But these beds that were being replaced were in good condition and we certainly didn't want them to end up in landfill. We didn't want them to be um, at best recycled for scrap metal. So it took us some time to find a solution to this challenge and we ended up partnering with a charity, Medical Repurposing Network, who um, worked with us um, to find a recipient hospital in need overseas. Uh, we also partnered with one of the new bed vendors, HilROm, and also a uh, relocation company that's, that helps us with um, in-kind support because the, the big issue was actually transporting these beds across Sydney. So the container, shipping them to Fiji was an expense, but in fact shipping those beds across the other side of Sydney w- was almost the same price. So we were able to actually partner with these organisations for them to do it free of charge and the beds were then um, located to a, relocated to a uh, storage facility in Castle Hill and then packed up and sent uh, to a paediatric ward in um, Fiji. So that's something that um, our staff really love to hear about when they they find out these kind of projects. And it's something that we will continue to do um, now that we've made these kind of relationships outside. Uh, Transport. um, We have an annual active travel promotional week called Ride and Stride Week. And um, that's all about getting people to think about other ways of coming into work, leaving their car at home, even if it's for just one day or driving in part of the day. Uh, It also corresponds, um, coincides with National Ride to Work Day. Uh, We have a pretty um, active bike user group at um, the Children's Hospital at Westmead and a new one at at Randwick. we put on a free breakfast for our cyclists on the day, but we also have um, sh- sign-up sheets in tea rooms for people to pledge um, that they will come in to work in a different fashion, whether it's public transport or walking or a bit of both. Um, during that week, we had electric bike trials, so we had a company come out and bring out about five different bikes for our staff and families to try bikes. Some of these bikes are also cargo bikes, so looking at how people can actually move their children around on bikes rather than by car. Uh, We had um, bike maintenance uh, courses, and um, that's something that we'll be holding holding each year. We have a bike storage facility that was um, built last year at our hospital at Westmead, so that accommodates 40 bikes. Um, and it's a secure facility. Um, we're looking to do something similar at Randwick. Uh, in terms of communication, our sustainable hospitals group, we have about 40 staff who are are quite active and they come from different areas of the hospital, different skill sets, and um, this has been something that I guess has really been key in, in getting out, I guess awareness, you know, creating awareness of, of what we're trying to do, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about these groups um, later on, but our membership increased by about 30 per cent. We've also developed intranet guides, so I guess the thing is people, what we've heard from earlier um, presentations is how do, how do we know what's going on, What? how do we recycle things. So we've actually put resource guides together on our intranet and we have a sustainable hospitals page which is on the front page. It's very visible. It's right up on the left-hand side at the top corner. So um, since we've had that, we've found that we've had a lot more inquiries and um, expressions of interest um, and that has recycling guides. It also has um, active travel guides. It has links to external sites um, and if people want to find out more about what they can do or what other hospitals are doing, that's where they can, they can find it. We also have regular intranet news posts about things that are happening with a sustainable theme. Um, our open space uh, focus area, we had for hospital farmers markets starting last year and they've been really popular. Uh, we had a, a farmer come to us. You can see him there with his, holding up his basket of goodies. He um, has a farm in the Hawkesbury area and he was passionate about finding a way for um, patients and families to have access to local fresh produce. So, he, he, he was, firstly, he started a subscription box... For staff, so over a six month period, they could sign up to a fortnightly subscription box where his produce would come picked from that morning, um, and so that's something that also families could access. But the farmers' markets were right out the front, um, there's about 10 stall holders, and it's just been a really um, positive. Um, project, I think, and something that we're going to continue with. The farmer, he also gives talks at our hospital school to students about where their where their food comes from, um, the importance of bees, um, and so we're looking at working more with our hospital school to work with them and their curriculum to to communicate sustainability-themed initiatives. In our procurement space, we um, worked we have a, a procurement working group and um, with, with some effort managed to get our chief executive to sign a statement outlining our commitment to ethical procurement. So that's the first step, um, I guess, in making people more aware of it but then entering in with discussions with um, HealthShare New South Wales because they're obviously where all the big contracts um, are decided. So looking to use our influence... to to get them to, I guess, have a bit more of a robust uh, um, definition of what ethical procurement is. So our priorities just... Our short-term priorities for this next year or 18 months is to promote our sustainability plan. Um, I have noticed that that since interested staff have found out that there is a sustainability plan, they're really excited because it means that they can go to their manager and go, look... Our chief executive, he wants us to do this, so it's a bit of an anchor and I think it really helps people to see that the network does have a commitment and there is a a well-thought-out strategy um, for us to guide ourselves for the next five years. We also uh, wish to continue with PVC recycling. We've started it at Brandwick and we hope to introduce it into our theatres at Westmead uh, Westmead already do quite a comprehensive theatre recycling program, so this is another stream to add. Uh, our sustainable hospitals group, we're looking um, to develop our group. We've already divided into smaller working groups because we found that the large working group was a bit unwieldy. Um, we often would have about 20 members turn up every six weeks for our meetings, which was fantastic, but it did feel that a lot of the action items ended up in my court. So I think um, everyone agreed that the working groups have helped people focus on projects that they're interested in. So if they're interested in waste or if they're interested in procurement, uh, it gives them... I guess it empowers them to initiate projects and... um, for example, with our open space working group, we're looking at finding ways that we can introduce family-focused um, vegetable gardens in our hospital spaces um, because a lot of patients or families have have expressed an interest in that. Um, our waste education campaign is a big one. Um, as a lot of people have spoken about this morning, um, one interesting idea is also to uh, use our patients as a bit of a conduit for communication. Um, In speaking with the principal at the hospital school, she, you know, said the power of, you know, young patients telling their parents or the nurse, hey, why are you putting it in that bin? She said that is very powerful because um, they're very clued into all of this um, and, you know, they are um, important in, I guess educating us as well about what we should be doing and inspiring us to to to, to help them see that we actually do want to make change um, in our hospitals for the better of generations to come. The waste education campaign will also include families as well. So we do find that in a lot of our clinical waste bins we'll have nappies and things like that and... So trying to find ways, or if, for example, we have towels in a linen room, towels are used, pulled out to wash hair, as a floor mat, all that sort of thing. So it's just those little things where we can, I guess, create awareness that there are more, or less wasteful ways of of using our hospital resources because we can use them um, more wisely. We'll continue with our active transport Promotions. We are about to uh, take on a bike pool of five bikes at uh, Westmead site, um, which have been kindly donated by the New South Wales Police. And that will be a way for staff to try riding home or riding to work who don't have a bike, and we can pair them up with bike buddies um, within our bike user group but then with the long-term view of using these bikes as an actual fleet. So if we have staff who have meetings at the Children's Court, which is across Parramatta Park, you know, instead of uh, other forms of transport, like car, they can hop on a bike. So, uh, Drivers, I spoke about our sustainability group. there's the Sustainability Project Officer myself. Um, a lot of what I do is about um, keeping momentum with projects. Um, I do find that uh, there is quite a bit of resistance to things, um, even though you might get um, endorsement from your chief executive. The people that you're trying to get things happening, either whether it's engineers... Um, they don't report to you so you've got to find ways to persuade them to, to make it part of what they're doing um, against all their other competing priorities so that's a, that's a challenge I, I mentioned about our small working groups we have some amazing recycling champions um, one of which I met um, last week she's a nurse and she I didn't. You, you find out these things. People come to you um, on a regular, you know, on a weekly basis, and you find out all these amazing things that are happening in your hospital. So, at the moment, it's all about connecting these people together and and, and sharing their good work. But she's off her own bat. Um, got a worm farm for a strawberry patch in the rehab to kids' um, outdoor gym area. She sends out emails to her department every week and and hounds out. Um, a gold star award to who's, who's being, um, leading the way and newsletters. And that's something that she's just done off her own bat. So, um, it's really inspiring to hear that there are people out there doing that sort of thing. And, um, I'm sure there are a lot of you out there that are doing it too. So keep up the good work. From my perspective, I love hearing those stories because you do have to sort of amass an army to, to, to get things happening. And, um, I think, as you were saying, um, Duane, about starting with the small wins and celebrating those small wins is just so important because people want to know that things are happening and things are changing, even if it is slowly. Uh, a sustainability steering committee um, I have proposed, I think that you really do need senior management to drive this at a high level to support and communicate initiatives. Um, and that's something that I, I am pushing because I think things can lose a bit of momentum and sometimes you need that push from the top to to break down those barriers. And I think that the steering committee, you know, needs to meet at least, you know, bi-yearly by, by or, or something like that. So that's something that I, I'm trying to introduce. Um, So the challenge challenges, I did mention a few already, but shifting behaviours and attitudes is a big one. Um, and as you were saying, Duane, not nagging, but keeping it positive, I think, is a really uh, great point. But also challenging the norm. So if not, you know, why not? Um, I know that there are procedures and practices that have happened for a long time and... and Doctors have certain ways they they like to do things, but um, there is also, I think, the opportunity to challenge some of what what is happening and and putting up a case for having trials in certain areas um, and starting small. We have gaps in our performance data, um, which we're working at. It can be frustrating because if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. So... (laughs) that's something that is definitely something we want to improve on. Sourcing funding for initiatives, um, that can be a challenge, but you can also find ways where if you save on initiatives that you implement, you can actually put them back into future planned initiatives. Maintaining momentum and engagement um, is a big one. Um, And I think you know, how do we attract support and recognise our champions in the network, finding meaningful ways for them to be rewarded? Um, I think because people can sometimes get a bit deflated or um, feel that things aren't happening fast enough, but I think if you can find ways that keep that momentum going, it's really, really key. And getting our message out across the network amongst all the other competing messages, that's a big one too because, I, you know, we work in, in healthcare and it's about the patient. Um, what, what motivates our staff to do something that um, you were talking about before, about environmental stewards? Um, and I remember... Hearing a campaign that was happening in the UK, the TLC campaign it was a behaviour behaviour management, um, behaviour change, sorry, program, and they spoke about what motivated staff. and The the first thing was patient patient outcomes and the comfort of patients. So, you can actually do things where you know turning off the lights. Um, Turning off machines that are noisy, making the environment more comfortable for patients is also good for the environment as well. So looking ahead, we know that this is a really long journey that we're on and some changes will come easily and others will take a a long time. So a little bit like three steps forward, two steps back. But it's definitely a journey worth having, uh, particularly if we can achieve lasting change that will benefit our patients, the wider community and of course our planet. So thank you for your time.